He's a senior associate AD of external affairs at Southern Utah University, formerly of Aggie Nation. It is Casey Smithway. Casey, my man, thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on today, AJ. Hey, uh, Casey, what has COVID-19 been like for, and I guess more specifically, for a smaller university like Southern Utah? It has been uh, an adventure, just to say the least. Uh, I, I mean, going back to the Big Sky basketball tournament, uh, you know, I, Utah State, the, the one year they bumped everything up a week. I mean, looking back on that, how, how awesome was that ending? But for also the Mountain West to have the conference tournament, you know, week, uh, a week before everybody else. But it was a Wednesday morning uh, and or Wednesday night, and all of a sudden I was at a, at, a, at a donor and alumni dinner with our president and athletic director, and I remember looking down on my phone and seeing the news breaking about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and, you know, showing it to our AD and president. And they just went, wow. And our president said something very interesting. He said, I, I don't think anything's going to be the same after this. And the next morning at 830, we had about a 45-minute phone call conversation with, uh, with the conference as well as uh, our, our team at SUU. And they said, all systems ago, we're still playing. The tournament's going to go on as, as planned. And, you know, I got on the treadmill came back to my hotel room and, and uh, sat down and I looked at my phone and it said canceled. We're all get packing up and getting on the bus. And right there, that decision, I mean, that was four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 of a hit. Uh, I know we were expecting about a $1.1 million coming in from the NCAA from the March Madness. And all of a sudden that, that shrunk down to about 450000 And for a small institution, for really any institution, we're all affected. But, you know, for an, a small institution that, you know, relies heavily on NCAA distributions or, you know, guarantee games, or I know some people refer to them as body bag games, where you're going to go get paid and you're going to get blown out, and, and hopefully you can win a couple of them. I mean, that represents a good chunk uh, of an athletic department budget, and you could even throw on from a, you know, a campus standpoint, you know, student fees. What happens if you don't have students on campus? I mean, can you validate not having student fees or whatnot? So all in, you know, COVID-19 really challenged I think uh, the sports industry as a whole to look at how they're doing things on a day-to-day operations, both short-term and long-term. Hey, Casey, this is Eric Franson. Um, we heard some comments from Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson uh, yesterday about you know, schools maybe needing to be more creative in reducing costs so they don't have to eliminate sports or eliminate staff. That's still up in the air here a little bit about, depending on how long this goes on. But there's also news today in, uh, in Boise State, like Brian Harson is being furloughed. I mean, here's a guy that's uh, <laughs> won a ton of games and means a lot to that university and uh, the money that is brought in. And but not just him, but a lot of other coaches are being furloughed for ten days just to help save costs. Are things like that happening at Southern Utah, or what? What's being considered or discussed there at Southern Utah uh, to still uh, weather this storm? Well, the storm, unfortunately, I hate to admit it, I don't, it, it it's far from over. I think uh, in a couple of weeks we might have a, you know, hurricane COVID, you know, that the eye of the storm where it might seem like everything's going to calm down. But I think as we get closer to the fall, uh, it, it just takes one team. It takes one student athlete. It takes one athletic trainer. I mean, I was looking at uh, Alabama's schedule a couple of nights ago, and they open up against USC, a Pac-12 opponent. What happens if it was just a, a trainer who gets it in, in September and they turn around and play Georgia State, which is a Sun Belt Conference school? Then they play Georgia and SEC school, well, school, and all those other schools go on to play Sun Belt, Independence, uh, ACC schools. 
it just takes one. And I think uh, our vice president, Mike Pence, mentioned that, you know, sports aren't going to return unless students back are, on, are back on campus. Um, but as far as SUU, we're still looking and, and having conversations of how those spring sports student athletes look, uh, what we need to do to kind of tighten our budget. The nice thing is uh, we already have a small budget. Uh, we're in the, we're the bottom third of the Big Sky Conference, and that's why, you know, fundraising, revenue generation, corporate sponsorships are huge for us. Uh, you know, it's 20 to 25% for a couple of local businesses uh, have, have well, a couple of donors have told me that 20 to 25% of their business comes on game days, whether that be for football or men's basketball. That's a huge hit to any, any uh, local business, whether it's in Cache Valley, whether it's uh, here in Cedar City or, or, or Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And it goes even beyond that where, you know, those, those are also your corporate sponsors. You know, can they afford to, to maintain high level of, of dollars going back into the university um, from an SUU uh, standpoint as well. Our number one priority coming from uh, President Wyatt and our athletic director, Debbie Quorum, is that we're going to do our best to maintain uh, all of our full-time employees. Now, we're asking our coaches to consider, you know, to maybe minimize the, the roster travel size. Instead of 18, can we get away with 16? Can we go on the road and, you know, find a, find another team to play on the back end of, of a road trip instead of making two separate road trips? Uh, you know, I, I was talking to a, a gentleman who works in Conference USA, and he said that uh, they're they're expecting their men's basketball teams to play an extra guarantee game, and, and even beyond that, uh, I, I, those guarantee monies are, are going to be lower. Uh, are, nobody knows what they don't know. I don't know what I don't know. And I was on the phone with a couple institutions about scheduling uh, a future football game and, and potentially a basketball game, and, and all the kind of going rates for contracts are up in the air. Uh, our, our president at SUU, I, I had a conversation with him. He felt comfortable enough to, to disclose this uh, to myself as also uh, you know, our, our staff and faculty, that if we do have layoffs, he's going to be the first layoff. He's not going to take a salary for a year. And that's something that I can get behind. That's something that I think our, our community can get behind. But our, our goal is to maintain and, and retain uh, our employees. So I guess straight up, do you think that there will be a college football season that starts on time or no? If I was a betting man, I'm going to say, uh, and no compliance folks are listening right now, I hope. I'm not betting. Don't worry. Um, we're, we're, I, I don't think we're going to have a, a college football season as we expect it. Uh, I would imagine there's going to be you know, a, a shortened season, adjusted season at some point, whether that be in the fall, the winter. I know there's a proposal out there from a small school that not a lot of people know about have just asked the NCAA to redshirt the whole season, redshirt the whole year. I mean, we're talking – from gymnastics to tennis, football, everything in between. Just redshirt the whole year and let's start start afresh again in 2022. Uh, I don't think we will have a football season as we know it. Again, going back to that Alabama schedule. I mean, within the first three weeks, you know, you're affecting six different conferences. I mean, that's unreal. If you have one student athlete, one trainer, or one person associated with the program, it's just going to cause a domino effect. Or one state that says, hey, we're still in a bad situation, a hot spot. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Casey, there's the couple several weeks back here now. The NCAA said that they will grant an extra year of eligibility to seniors of uh, who participated in in spring sports. But with that, they said they're going to leave that up to member institutions to decide if they will if they will honor that. Because there's a big question about uh, financial support, mm-hmm. you know, scholarships, how that affects your rosters, how that affects your recruiting. Uh, how and some have fl- flat out said, "Look, we're, 
it's nice that they're offering this, but we're not going to do it. Wisconsin has already come out and said we're it was a nice gesture, but we're we're not going to do it. It's going to be too problematic. Have those discussions been taking place at Southern Utah? Absolutely. Uh, I think every institution is looking at every avenue of, of honoring those scholarships. Uh, I, I can speak as being a former student athlete. Granted, I was not a good former student athlete, but I can also speak to, to being a, a coach for a non-revenue sport. There, we want the best for our student athletes. Uh, from an administrative standpoint, we also got to make sure that we're not putting a university in a, in a, in a difficult situation. We don't, we don't ever want to be a liability to the institution. Uh, whether that be at Texas A&M or, you know, or Kansas State or, or Southern Utah University, we want to make sure that we're honoring the, the four years, getting our student-athletes an education. I mean, I think often uh, we forget student-athlete. The student comes first. Not, uh, the former is more important than the latter. And if we honor those you know, scholarships to get their degree, to get their education, to prepare them for the next step in life, uh, I feel comfortable with, uh, with, with, with that scholarship opportunity at SUU. But Going back to, you know, we have a track and field student athlete who broke two indoor records and she was close to qualifying for Olympic trials. I mean, she's not going to be able to, to compete uh, to be able to qualify for the Olympics. I mean, gymnastics seems like they, they broke school records, year, you know, every meet. Uh, we have a lot of unique circumstances from all our spring sports and even our winter sports that are going to be affected. Uh, I hope we can give our student athletes that, that extra year, but you mentioned roster sizes, limitations, recruiting. Uh, I'm not sure if our international students are going to get to campus this year. Uh, I, I think the ones who are returning will be able to, but I'm not sure if, if we have a, a prospective student athlete that signed with us from Australia, if they're going to even get in the country. Uh, you're kind of having a phantom double recruiting class for freshmen. And yes, we have a one-year eligibility relief, but what happens in years two, three, four? I know when I was coaching, we had a six-year plan. BYU has like a 39-year plan for recruiting. <laughs> But it, it just impacts everything that we do. And again, going back to being a small institution, you have to be creative. Uh, you know, there, this still isn't a, a car wash bake sale mentality, but we have to find ways to improve to, you know, become in the black and, you know, versus the red. And we were on pace to have our first year in the black in, in a long, long time. We have an excellent CFO in Nate Esplin. You know, Debbie's been a great athletic director to oversee, uh, you know, our improvement. But there's just tons of question marks, and, and I hope for the best. But, you know, everything as we know it, I think, is, is going to change. Uh, I was talking to a, a school back east. They, to save money, and I'm ready for this, to save money, they locked out their coaches and their administrators from their offices. Uh, they don't, you know, utilities, whatnot. I mean, they, they changed locks. They used other locks. So employees aren't working on campus. And this is a school that you know, runs one of their spring sports teams on a $60,000 budget as a whole, 60000 to run a sports team. Uh, and that's scholarships included. Uh, that, th- there's a lot of question marks out there, and I just hope that fans return and NCAA returns to the quote-unquote new normal. So, so, Casey, just to follow up, so are, will Southern Utah follow the, the opportunity the NCAA has laid out? Will those seniors get that extra year of eligibility, or has that not yet been decided? We haven't decided that. In fact, we had a conference call this morning and also met with our, our head coaches and, and discussed a little bit more in depth about those opportunities. And, you know, again, we're going from we're expecting $1.1 million down to four hundred and fifty k. Uh, you're going to have to find cuts somewhere. And, you know, our, our student-athletes, you know, had a, a 3.25 GPA, so they're getting it done in the classroom. 
Um, we want to bring them back, but we also got to make sure that, A, we have the financials, and B, you know, this is going to help us in the long term. And, you know, I, I, I never want to put student-athletes on a pedestal. Uh, you know, I, I don't know of too many students here on campus anywhere in America that are saying, you know what, I didn't get my senior year. I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to say no to that full-time job, and I'm going to come back for next year. I know some student-athletes here at SUU, even at Utah State, that have great jobs and opportunities, and they've already said, no, I don't want to be back. So it's kind of a case-by-case basis. Hey, I want to ask about, like, usually some schools will play big money games in football and take and be able to collect some of that money to help out with whatever costs they need. Do you guys have any of those games? And if football season is delayed or postponed or canceled, how much does it affect you guys financially not to have those kind of big money games? Well, I mean, if you can, you know, look at September 12th, we're playing – uh, a school that I think we're both familiar with, Utah State University. Uh, I like to joke that I've probably watched a, a football game from every uh, vantage point at, at Maverick Stadium except one, and that's the visiting athletic director suite. And uh, September 12th might change that because I'll be in there. Uh, you know, that's a game that's a low, low six figures for us. And that's something that we were planning on, on having and leveraging. And, you know, this isn't, you know, the SEC or the Big Ten where, you know, we're expecting 50 to $60 million just from the TV networks to come in and, and, and offset costs. We're looking to take that money and be able to, to pay, you know, our operational costs for, you know, our, our, our men's and women's tennis team to travel. Uh, I think the worst case scenario for us as an FCS institution is if we, you know, play conference-only games. Uh, we, we were already planning on having a lean year because our one quote-unquote money game was Utah State and uh, it was a lower payout. I'll make sure I talk to John a little bit about that next time around and, and maybe uh, get a little bit higher uh, amount. But uh, we, we need to make sure that we're finding the right amount of guarantee games to offset our, our costs. But, you know, this year, everything is up in the air. If we only have our conference games, you know, that, that's, again, low figures, uh, low six figures hit to our budget. Uh, we don't make millions and millions of dollars off of our concessions and our, you know, our stands packing our 8,500-seat stadium. Now, this is a great institution. It's a great campus. It's a great community. We're going to pack it out here every weekend for men's and women's basketball, football, you know, track, you know, track and field cross country. But we're not going to have the financial uh, advantages that some other institutions have. So we have to rely on some of those guarantee games. And you know, thinking about fans coming back into the stadium, you know, it, any institution is probably going to face a hit. I know there's a big question right now, of, you know, are fans going to come back? Uh, I know for myself, if, if I'm thinking about going down to a Raiders game, if they're playing in Las Vegas, this is in the back of my mind of, of hesitation. If I'm hesitating as one, you know, I, I think I'm a, a huge sports fan. If I'm hesitant, I'm pretty sure there's other fans that are out there that are hesitant. I would hope the NCAA really looks at, you know, maybe loosening up, you know, the, the, the 15,000, you know, attendance requirement for FBS institutions, you know, maybe bring in what the NFL did and uh, improve the fan experience by allowing, you know, touchdown celebrations. Uh, you know, the NBA has in-game music, you know, maybe we can bring in NBA in-game music um, or in-stadium technology to the fans who actually come into the stadium. That's a huge question mark for us. And that's also still uh, a revenue generator that we need to look at and find ways to maximize. And that's if we, A, we have football, B, if we have corporate sponsorships and C, if we want fans to be back in the stadium. If by chance students are allowed back on campus, but the order is that, that you can't congregate for you know, anyone, any, any groups of more than 100 people or more than 500 people, and that affects, you know, we can still stage 
a, a sporting event, but no fans would be allowed in the in the uh, in the stands. For an institution like Southern Utah, could that still be plausible, or is it just like you know, we just got to call it a day? Just say unless we can have the fans in the stands, we can't have these games because we we need the the financial part that comes along with the concessions and the ticket sales and everything else, sponsorships and everything else. It's all on the table. Uh, we've looked at, again, I think CFOs right now uh, are, are making their money's worth. Uh, our CFO said he basically has a dozen scenarios that he's playing out right now. And I'm in constant contact with him as well as our athletic director, our university CFO uh, of playing those scenarios out. Is it plausible? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is it going to set us back a couple of years as, a, as an institution? Yes. But this is what I keep telling our head coaches. Uh, the, the nice thing is if there is a silver lining to all of this, this isn't a Utah state. This is not a Southern Utah. This isn't a Dixie state problem. This is an everywhere problem. Uh, I would hope that we'll get some financial relief from the NCAA down the road. Maybe they backlog some of the, those finances. Uh, a lot of question marks, and, and I know it's not the greatest answer. I don't know what I don't know, and I know the NCAA doesn't know what they don't know. And, you know, every time we put out a press release in terms of COVID-19, it seems like within 48 hours there's a new change. It is such a fluid situation that I don't know if we can come out right now and say, hey, this is the way it's going to be. Because if the NCAA says we have a date by July 15th that we're going to have college football, and all of a sudden, by July 18th, everything magically, you know, we have a vaccine. Everything seems to, to go fine and dandy. They're going to find a way to make sure that, that the college football, college basketball seasons happen. Hey, uh, Casey Smithway, by the way, uh, Senior Associate Athletic Director, Athletic Director of External Affairs from Southern Utah joins us. It's a mouthful, I know, right, Audrey? I, you know, I'm just trying to make sure I don't screw up the title or accidentally give you a promotion that you shouldn't be getting. Because I don't want your president well, to be I listening mean, to this. We, if you do, I could cut up the audio and probably say, <laughs> you know, President Wyatt and Debbie Corum, uh, no big deal. Hey, uh, I, I got to ask you, you are from, you spent a lot of time at Aggie Nation. Uh, I know you loved it there. What was the process and journey like in getting to Southern Utah? It was an adventure and it was a whirlwind. Uh, even just starting a new job and four and a half weeks later having COVID-19 crisis occur in a, in a position to where I've been charged with to, to kind of help rebuild some of our revenue generation, uh, sponsorships, fundraising, really all of our, ex- our external affairs and the day-to-day oper- operations thereof. How it looked was, I mean, I wasn't even looking. Uh, I got a call in December from uh, Debbie. Uh, we have a very incestuous business uh, in collegiate athletics. And, you know, that every, everybody knows somebody and everybody's worked with somebody. And that call in December, I mean, the, the first couple of questions were, you know, what would it take or what would it look like for you to, to consider uh, coming down to, to Southern Utah University in a position that we, we really need and, and need kind of uh, somebody to, to get after it? And, and my response was, quite frankly, I said, you know, I, I love Utah State. Utah State's a great situation. Uh, my wife loves it here. You know, I have, a, I have a, a, a future that I can see play out very well at Utah State. Uh, and then when she said, well, Casey, you didn't answer my question. <laughs> Uh, I knew that there was going to be some serious conversations, and I, and I fought it. Uh, you know, I, I I remember one night Jerry Bovey came in. Uh, it was around seven o'clock at night. We were both working late, and he said, "Well, hey, did you uh, did you give him a call back?" And I said, "No." And he, he kind of said, "You know, you got to make that call." And I knew when I made that call that I knew it was going to be different, and it was very challenging. Utah State's a great place. SUU is a great place, but I'll, I'll quote Coach uh, Matt Wells, great Aggie, uh, when he was asked 
uh, you know, hey, are you going to come back and be our head football coach? Uh, he told a bunch of donors in, in, in a meeting, he said, I'm going to do what you all would do. I'm going to answer the phone. I'm going to listen. And I'm going to talk to my family. I'm going to make the best situation, best case uh, or best decision for my family and for my future. And, you know, the opportunity that SUU offered me, it's a place that I, I got my undergrad. I got my master's at Utah State. We have a lot of Utah State. Heck, uh, President Wyatt is a, you know, I think he was the, the county uh, uh, attorney. County attorney, yeah. Cash County, yep. And uh, we have a lot of Aggies down here. Uh, you know, I like to call them, we got Thunder Aggies. Um, but it was a great opportunity to, to further my, my progression. And, and when they made the offer and I talked to John Hartwell and, and Jerry Bovey, they both looked at me and just said, hey, this, you can't pass that up. I mean, we, we loved and appreciate what you've done here, uh, but this is a step for, for your career. And it was nice to be able to, to look back and, and see, you know, eight, nine years worth of memories. And I think the average athletic administrators at an institution from like 2.3, 2.5 years, something crazy. And to be at an institution where, you know, I met my wife, uh, got my master's degree, was able to really uh, find my, you know, passion and get to know some, some great people. And, uh, you know, I, I, I miss it, but I'm absolutely thrilled to be at Southern Utah University. It's, uh, it's a perfect opportunity. It made way too much sense and, you know, not to get spiritual, but uh, it felt right. It felt right. And, you know, as soon as I stepped foot on campus, even though I had doubts, uh, it felt right. And that's something that I, that I had to, to move forward with. And I, and I hope that uh, relationships continue. I, I told a bunch of donors that, you know, friendships and relationships uh, go beyond the color and the logo on your chest. And great fond memories at Utah State, but Southern Utah, we're, we're going to be on the map. It's a great opportunity, and we're going to be coming for folks. Well, Casey, we appreciate your time and perspective and how this is all affecting uh, athletics, but specifically a smaller institution like Southern Utah. And uh, certainly give our best to uh, uh, to Scott White, as you said. He's a Cache Valley native. He's uh, did a lot of things uh, here um, in Cache Valley before he, he moved along, and uh, he, not only as a county attorney, but as a state representative. So um, but thanks so much for, for the, the insight and appreciate your time today. Eric, Ajay, thank you so much. I appreciate all y'all in the media. You guys uh, really help our jobs. You really, you know, help inform those who want information. So thank you. I appreciate you. If there's ever anything that we can do for you, let us know. Um, and Ajay, thank you for being a donor at Utah State. We'd love to have you down here at Southern Utah for $4.17 a month as well. You can be a member. And uh, Eric, thank you so much. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to answer the questions of uh, if Eric Franson is the same Eric Franson that played on the Utah State Aggie basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, fellas. Go T-Birds. Hey, thanks. All right, thanks, Casey.